Hey, this is Pastor Chad of Go Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this sermon inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. One of the most emotional days, uh, I wasn't in the military, and I do not believe that any of my family members served, but it's because of what sacrifice was done. This country, hey, America is in... Um, a bit of a transition. It's it's going through some things right now. There's we we can't lie about that. That there's there are some serious issues that this country has. But for me to be able to come up here and talk as openly as I do, it's because of these sacrifices. And young young people, old people, middle aged people, let us not forget those sacrifices that have been made. Today we're going to talk about remembering things. Remember these things, and I, and I was I was driving around um, oh just a couple days ago, and I noticed the the army recruiting uh, facility over here on the west side of town, and I thought it was it was interesting here. You have these students that are graduating. We're coming on to Memorial Day weekend, and I see new young eighteen year old boys getting ready to go and enlist and do things. They had their army shirts on. They looked incredible. And I just said a prayer for these young men. God, keep them safe. Lord, keep, ma'am, may our leadership have pure motives with their lives. Amen. And I think that is the thing. When the Bible says to pray for your leaders, now more than ever, we should pray for our leaders that they would make wise choices, that they would make godly choices. Matter of fact, I believe, I, I read somewhere this morning that over a million, million and a half, two million people have died serving our country, okay? That's a staggering number to me. But in the 20th century, the 20th century, that means back in the 1900s, in that century, over 45 million Christians were murdered and martyred around the world. There are men and women every day that are sacrificing their lives to stand behind pulpits. And I'm going to tell you what, we have Sister Abigail here, her family. She has people, she's come into service before and said, pray for my family. There was a bombing at a church nearby. You don't even read these things on the news. You don't even hear about these things. But I'm going to tell you what, now more than ever, I pray that God gives us the strength and the compassion and the passion to serve him like we have never served God before. Because this is the day of harvest. This is the day of new beginning. And this is the day to stand up more than you've ever stood up for God. Amen? Thank God for his word. The word says that it would never return void. You can say, Pastor, that's really discouraging. Let me tell you what. People that have gone on in the faith, people that have gone on that have, have paved the way, let me tell you what. I'm a grateful man for those people. My mom and dad served in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what. When we pray, when we fast, when we give, when we sacrifice, God sees it and God honors it. And we ought to every day be thankful for the opportunity we have to serve God with all of our heart. Amen? This is the day the Lord has made, and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11. One of my favorite, probably my favorite chapter in the Bible, because I'm not much of a reader. I, have not, I can tell you, I don't even know the last time I read a novel. I remember it was uh, This Present Darkness about spiritual warfare. I read that, and it scared me to death all the way through that thing, but I powered through it. I don't, I don't read, I don't read, some people read the Harry Potter books. There's no way, there's no way I can get through that. My brain can't 
just, I just can't focus that long for days and hours, and I just can't do it. Even the Bible sometimes, I'm like, Lord, give me short scriptures, Lord, and long sermons, amen? Short scriptures and long sermons, and some of you said, yes, you're good at those things, amen? But I love Hebrews 11 because it, it compacts all these incredible men and women in one chapter that you can get a synopsis of how great God did. Let me tell you what, don't forget your testimony. Don't forget where you have come from. Don't forget those that have maybe gone before you. I, I, you may have come from a family that no one really ever went to church. You are right now a catalyst for the generation that is coming behind you. You stir up the gifts that God has called you to do, and you, you're an Abraham, Isaac, you're a David, you're a Moses. Every day you get up, you're leading for the next generation. Amen? Amen. The Bible says one, one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase, and God will do that. I, I'm from, I don't even know, my great-great-grandfather was a circuit-riding preacher. They didn't even know what a circuit-riding preacher was. They are the ones that rode horses. Thank God I wasn't called back then. I only rode a horse one time, and I got bucked off, and I'll never ride one again. I'm good. Somebody's, oh, no, it's a lot of fun. Helen and I, we go into uh, the resorts down in the, in the Caribbean and Mexico, and they'll, they'll let you go ride a horse on the beach. Anybody ever done that? They think that's the most romantic thing. I'm like, absolutely not. Let me just walk along the beach. I don't need to get on that animal that's going to buck me off. There's no way. Even in water, I'll land on coral or something. I ain't going to do that. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. I just thought of it. All right? Anyway, my, my grandpa, my great-grandpa, it's Memorial Day. Y'all, y'all are thinking about barbecue anyway, so just get off my back. <laughs> um, my grandfather, he rode a horse to go preach like an evangelist, but he would travel. And one day he was out and, and he was going to a town to reach people for Christ, and he was on that horse. And my grandmother was back home dying. She had, I believe it was rheumatic fever, and she was sick, sick, sick unto death. I mean, she was just hours away from dying. Fever was crazy. She was sick. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him, turn around. It's not like your car. You can just turn around. Turn around, go back home, and pray for Ida Mae. He turned his horse around, went back home, and it was a day, a day ride at least back to where he was. Laid hands on her, and God healed her instantly of that fever. She later on married my grandpa, had my mother and about six or seven other kids. They loved each other. And God birthed an incredible vision. Let me tell you what. When I think about those things, I think about uncles. I think about my parents. I think about my grandfather that built one of the biggest churches in eastern Oklahoma. To this day, it is one of the most thriving churches because he planted a seed. This morning, don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget those testimonies. Don't forget those tests and those obstacles because it's those things that have made you where you are today. And it is those things that will be your catalyst to propel you to the future that God has you. Amen. Amen? It's faith. It's faith that if God did it back then, God can do it today. I never give up on God because God is a God that has never failed me. But God will always push me. Amen? God may not fail you, but he's going to push you out of that nest. I can tell you that. He's going to get you in a non-comfort zone that you never thought you'd want to be in. That's the amazing God that we serve because God sees the greatness that he put in design inside of each and every one of us. When I think of Memorial Day, that's what I think of. The greatness that this country is. 
Because men and women saw something inside of them that defied the odds. And I see that in church. I see that in so many of your lives. You've grown in Christ so much because you've dug down through the pain. And you're beginning to reap something in your life. You may today feel like you're not where you need to be. You may feel like I I should be further down the road with this vision. But let me tell you what. We read Hebrews 11. Get a vision. Get that thing plain and begin to march towards that thing. Even though you don't see the next step or the next 10 steps. Begin to keep God absolutely at the forefront. Amen. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things. I love that. The conviction. I'm reading out of the ESV. And it says the conviction of things not seen. I have my app. I'm going to go to New King James with all of you because I will get off on that thing right there. Praise the Lord. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Man, I don't like testimonies because they always have to have a test. Amen. When's the last test you went through and you're like, oh, that was awesome. Helen and I just bought a new house. We're still married. We have divorced four times. I'm not even kidding you. I'm talking full on plan. One, one rule that I have, if Helen and I ever divorce, 100%, she gets full custody of all three kids. 100%. I'll get the pug. She can have the boys. I'm talking about a test. I'm talking about where you feel like, have you ever been tested so hard, so difficult that you really thought you were going to lose your breath? That it literally took your breath away. And not on the Top Gun music soundtrack way, but took your breath away. Can I get an amen? Took my breath away. I was like, how are we going to do this? We were buying this building. There were so many times that literally I sat there one day. I'm like, I'm going to, today is the day. I told him, I said, I want, I want the song by Sinatra, my way, played at my funeral. I'm going to give, I'm going to tell you what I want because I'm going to die. Today is the day I'm going to die. And then my wife, who's loving and compassionate, says, no, you're not. Suck it up. And I'm like, well, I want to die now just to prove you wrong. Go ahead. You know, like when you're a kid and you get a whooping? And you want, like the, the Christmas story, and you want to go blind from it just to show your parents it really hurt, and they were destroying you. Ah, we, I was like that. I'm like, no. I felt like giving up. This is what the church, and this is what faith does. Sometimes you feel like giving up, and the circumstances around you are overwhelming. But when you can get on the phone, and you can call someone that has been through a test that will not give up, that will stand there with an assured hope that my God shall supply all of my need, folks, that's two or three getting into agreement. And when that happens, anything we ask would be done. It's the power of the test. It's the power of the circumstances that if they made it through it, I can make it through it. That's why it's important to share your faith, share your testimony, share where you've been. You may say, oh, I don't have much of a story. I don't, I, nobody wants to hear about my past. Yes, it's not the past they want to hear from. It's the victory that you made in your past to get you where you are today. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You may right now be going through the most difficult season of your life. You may be battling loneliness and God is pushing you. Maybe God has given you this lonely bubble to push you out of your comfort zone. Maybe to meet some new friends. Maybe to meet some new relationships. Maybe to go a little bit deeper with God. That God's saying maybe you don't need all that you think you need. You just need to get along with me. Amen. 
Every time that I felt like God was distancing himself, it was because God had a race that he wanted me to run. God had a lap that he wanted me to take. God had a reason because at the end of that lap, at the end of that finish line, there's a different destination from where you started. Amen? God, that's good. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to go to this guy's church. I like that. Well, that was good. Verse number three. By faith, we understand. Man, that's something, isn't it? I probably have said more in my life, I don't understand or I don't know, but that's the absolute opposite of faith. Faith says, I can understand that worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Man, we serve a God that is so incredible that you may not can see it. Holy Spirit's told me to tell somebody this today. When you look in the mirror, you can't see it. You see impossible, but God wants you to know everything is possible. Inside of you, there is somebody today you are struggling with what you see in the mirror. And you just don't understand how God can do it. Your timing is off, God. The season is off, God. No, you need to start to visualize yourself the way God sees you. That if God put the worlds into orbit, God can bring direction into your life. God, that's good. What a powerful God we serve that things around you may seem like chaos. Look, back in Genesis, it says the earth was what? Formless and void. The earth was a mess. And God, in the middle of chaos, brought something absolutely. God can bring out of your stress the biggest blessing you've ever had. God can bring you out of the, whoo, the days where you're sweating and you don't know how you're going to make it. Those night sweats and those fears, those anxieties. In a moment, God put the worlds into order. God can put your life into order. When you put God first, God puts a destiny in your vision that you maybe couldn't see yesterday, but things will begin to line it up. And it's not the stars, it's the Son of God that has given you life, that has given you hope, that has given you a plan and possibilities. Amen? Come on, somebody. I feel like this morning, Go Church needs to realize that God's got a destiny that is absolutely beautiful. And you may not can see it now, but I see this place filled with the presence of God. I see the altars filled with people that are hungry. How can you see that? Because I see what man doesn't see. I see what God sees, and God sees unlimited potential in every single pew. God sees it inside of me and you. Amen? I feel like seeing green eggs and ham. Come on, Sam, I am. We'll read the Bible. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. by faith. You can do things by faith that you cannot do any other way. I see a guy around town here, and he's got a big old pickup. Pickup that I couldn't even get up in without a ladder. Big old jacked up. And he's got this flag. And I've seen him all over town in random places. And it says, faith over what? Fear. In the last couple of years, we're starting to see people pick the fear side or the faith side. And we're starting to see people line up with the fear or the faith. And I find it amazing. I actually waved at him. I don't even know who he is. Hi, man. Faith over fear. God bless you. And I think about how God is stirring up something in America. That there is a movement coming. 
There is a movement awakening. There are people that one time sat on fences and now, no, 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 we're tearing them down. There were people that were one time real complacent and okay with things, but now we're saying, no, God is a God of love. God is a God of direction. God is a God of hope. God's not a God of confusion. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And it was men and women that fought so that we could preach the word of God. And it's time for more pulpits to preach the word of God. It's more for people in the seats to say the word of God and preach the word of God. If we'll get God all wrapped up in our life, I'm going to tell you what, God will give you a direction. God will give you hope. And it's through the faith that we have that by faith, Abel offered to God. I love that in all of the chapter, the first act, the first act of obedience of faith was what? Sacrifice. You cannot start your road to blessings without a sacrifice first that you must make. You can never start building anything without a seed. The power, the Bible says, of life and death is in the tongue. When you begin to speak things, you're beginning to put seeds into the ground. A few years ago, I was was trying to evangelize. And my dad called me one day. This is is an old preacher talk right here. He said, you got any bookings? That means you got any churches to preach in. He said, you you know, God called you to evangelize. You got any bookings? And I'm like... No, Dad, no one's called me. No one's wanting me to preach at their church. And he said, this is what my dad said. I was hoping he'd give me a list of people that wanted me to come preach in their church just because I was his son. He said, have you called anybody? No. I thought they just knew. I hadn't called anybody. I was expecting these incredible revivals, this incredible move. I was expecting these incredible doors to open up, but I hadn't picked up the phone and planted a seed. Hey, I'm Chad Bartlett. I'm Bill Bartlett's son. I'd love to come preach at your church sometime. I'd never done that because I expected them to call me. So many times we expect the blessings of God just because we're God's kids, just because we come to church, just because we sing a song, just because we give an offering from time to time. God wants you to sow seed. What is the vision of this church? Go, grow, and give. When you're going and you're cultivating other people's lives, we will see a harvest of souls, amen? When you're financially giving and sowing seed, you will see a financial harvest because it's the word of God. I was sitting there waiting for the windows of heaven to be opened up, and I wasn't willing to give God a call in any form of fashion, expecting the blessings from God. So many times we get discouraged and we blame God, but it's our lack of action in faith. Faith without what? Works is dead. When When you begin to add the works that God has called you to do, God will begin to do incredible things. By faith, Abel made a sacrifice. He made a sacrifice not really ever seeing God, but just knowing this is what God told us to do. Faith is I don't need to see it, but I will seize it. I don't need to have it, but I know I will possess it. I don't need anybody to remind me because God already said it. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it 
He being dead still speaks. Think about that. Our lives are just a vapor. We're here and gone. But it's what you do in that dash is the thing that matters. This past week, Sister Teresa, a wonderful woman of faith, met the ultimate goal, and that was heaven. And when I learned about her, I knew, I knew great things about her because she worked for us, and she was a, an incredible employee. Very, very hard worker. Didn't, not, not a lazy bone in her body. Served and worked. But what impressed me the most is hearing how she loved to work with student ministries and missions and different things in her life. She had a dash filled with service unto God. When you have a dash that is filled with the service of God, it says, listen, even though Abel's gone, his testimony still speaks. What will be said of you when the dash is over and your day is done? Is it going to be, man, they were faithful unto God? They were, they were always an encouragement or, man, they never quite... Man, they never quite got over that hump and they just kept going around that merry-go-round. I'm here to tell you, church, I believe there are some people that are victorious. There are some people that have been through some tests and there are some people that are going to gain some crowns. And I believe that there are some people that are going to bring some people to heaven with them because of the service and the sacrifice they've made. Amen? By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not even see death. I want you to think about this guy. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Man, you imagine this morning, God loves you so much, he just can't wait for you to die and get to heaven. So he's like, man, they ain't going to have death. You imagine what he pleased God. Or what did he do? First, first person mentioned was a sacrificer that loved to give, he was a seed sower. And the next one loved to worship God, loved to talk to God. You, he's literally talking to God. The Bible says Enoch was, and then he was not. He was in the presence and the glory of God. I've been in some services back in my old Pentecostal days. We had B3 organs on the stage. Can I get an amen? Man, the glory and the presence of God. Every now and again, even in this church, I told the team when they came off the stage, I said, man, you can feel the presence of God. Can you imagine feeling so much up with God that you just were here worshiping God one minute, who getting your Jesus on, and the next minute dancing on streets of gold? That's what a man that pleased God is about. It may come through the grave or it may come through the rapture, but I know this by faith. One day I'm going to dance on streets of gold because I pleased my Father in heaven that I loved my God in heaven, that I worshiped my God in heaven. In the good times and the bad times, I always had my praise on. Can I get an amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you just need to get your praise on. Just get your praise on. On a Monday, on a Tuesday, we used to sing stuff like that. I'm going to worship the Lord. Mm-hmm, come on. Oh, I could go all day, but I won't. By faith, it's silly. Hey, it's no more silly than you wearing a mask in your car with the windows up and you're sitting there alone. Now, that's silly. So let somebody just see you worshiping God. 
Unless somebody see you just lifting up your hands and shaking it out the window for a minute. And they're going to they're gonna probably call the popo. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go, this person's going crazy. What is he? I don't know, but he's shaking his hand and he's speaking in a heavenly language and he's worshiping the Lord. He's about to be was and he was not. Amen. I want to be a person like Enoch that I don't care what you say. I don't care what circumstances are against me. I'm going to worship the Lord. During this house, hell by craziness, we hit walls. And every time we hit one day, I said, hey, we're going to listen to some music. And Helen, the, the Christian said, let's listen to some worship music. And I was thinking, I said, well, I was thinking more like Kenny Chesney right now. But okay, we'll listen to worship. Then I felt convicted. There's always one, isn't there? You're like, hey, let's watch a movie tonight. Man, that sounds great. Chosen, season three's out. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Hey, the Left Behind series has another Left Behind. Let's watch that. No, I don't want it. Okay, that's great. And can we have a Bible study afterwards? Yeah, and start fasting. Can we do that too? You're loads of fun. Can't wait to hang out with you next Friday. <laughs> oh, God, forgive me. I just said all that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Praise God. I'm the guy that I start counting down when the next fast is and already start dreading it before it begins. That way, when it's here, I've got all my dread completely out. I'm like, thank you, God. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. That's why I'm never going to be raptured alone single-handedly. God's going to have to wait till the trumpet sounds. And it's probably going to be a big, big trumpet to get me off the ground. But I'm going to go in Jesus' name. <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Think about that. Just diligently seek God, even if you're like Pastor Chad and sometimes you're not the most Christian-y Christian in the world. But I will tell you this. God sees your heart and your sacrifice. My mother was the kind of woman that could pray 24 hours a day and never get tired. I start praying and it's like literally getting on a treadmill. I'm like, God, when do we get off? When do I stop? And then there are times that God's presence fills a room and I'm like, God, I never want to stop. Just you making the sacrifice is all God wants. God doesn't want everything. He only wants your heart. And if we're willing to give God that, everything will follow. It's faith. It's remembering those hard times. It's remembering the good times. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, every one of these people, didn't, they didn't see it. But they all reaped it because they never stopped following God. Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing an ark for the saving of his household by which... He condemned the world, and because the sin that was so disgraceful, there was so much madness and craziness in the world. Sometimes I feel like we're, we're Noah's. Noah built an ark on what had never, the promise of what had never been seen. It had never rained before. They had never seen this before. But God said, I've never seen this kind of wickedness in the world. Let me tell you what. One day, we are going to experience a revival because the wickedness has become so incredibly intense, not just in this country, but around the world. Everything's accepted. Everything's acceptable. I saw a t-shirt on a lady at Sam's yesterday, and I loved it. 
She said, normal's not coming back, but Jesus is. I'm like, come on, somebody. I'm going to dance. But, but it's true. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for me and you. All we got to do is simply be faithful to him and to his plan. Amen? Noah said, I don't even know about this rain. I've not even seen a picture of it, but water's coming down, and you better get right. And I'm going to tell you, there will be, just as the days of Noah, the word says, so will be the end. And we are about as close to Noah's age, Noah's time as, as we've ever been in American history. And I'm going to tell you what, we are about to see a revival flood this place because the people of God are hungry and we are righteous and we are holy, not because of anything we've done, but because Jesus made that sacrifice. Amen. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. My God, this sounds like me. This sounds like you. We just go because God has called us to go. My mom, she was here in Oklahoma, and I had a cousin in California. And years ago, God spoke to them to meet somewhere in the middle in the desert and have prayer. They didn't know where they were going, but God said, I want you to go. And as they got to this place, not knowing where they were going, but praying for revival, God began to speak and they had a visitation of angels. Angels began to fly all around them. Angels began to, to move and tickle and make them laugh. It was, it was the most incredible thing that I've ever heard. They literally had an encounter with angels from heaven. Now, the thing is, you go, well, why would God do that? It wasn't that God wanted to tickle their fancy or to bring them joy, but God was getting ready to fill them up because he had a harvest that he was getting ready to deliver into their hands. You may think right now this test or the morning you're going through is the most difficult thing, or maybe you're at the peak, the highest place you've ever been. Let me tell you what, it's because there is a harvest around the corner. The greater the resistance, I'm here to tell you, the greater the blessing and the promises that God has got for you don't give up because God is about to grow you up into a place that you've only dreamed of literally just a few weeks few months after this that same cousin is in a revival in Ada Oklahoma and they start having as my mother would say a gully washer a gully washer meant God was moving People were worshiping. People were getting saved. Pews were getting knocked. Every stereotype of a Pentecostal church, that was going on right there. Holy rollers, man, rolling on the floor. Kicking over pews. They had to bring in chairs. He called my mother and he says, I need for you and Bill to come over here. And it's, it's too much. I need some help. And they went over there. They went to church and they started. The revival just continued to grow. Continue. People were being healed. People were being delivered. People were bringing drugs all, all, all through the revival, getting delivered just instantly, instantly, instantly. And then one night, two of the biggest, baddest, scariest dudes came walking into the church and they came in with the intention to kill the ministers that were on the stage because their drug deals had gone down and they were losing money. As they walked to the stage, they had guns and knives on them, and they began to pull them out. I was in this service, and a group of men 
could feel this was getting ready to happen and what was getting ready to go and, and got around them and began to pray and begin to cast the devil out of these two men. In that service, they not only were delivered, but brought every paraphernalia they had and put it on the altar. And God used them, and God saved that city and saw one of the greatest revivals they had ever seen. Why? It's because somebody said, I'll go in the blind when I've not seen a revival, when I've not seen a river, and I'll go pray because God said to do it. If you've got to see it first, you don't have the faith to push through when the times get difficult. But when you push through and you know that God will never leave you, God will never forsake you, that is when God sets you up for the greatest miracle that you're about to see in your life. Get ready, church. God is pushing us to greatness. If we're to say, God, I will follow you, even though I don't see the rain, I hear it coming. Amen? Abraham obeyed the Lord. By faith, verse number 9. He dwelt in the land of promises in foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he awaited for the city, which has a foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham said, if God's going to make a nation, God's got to first build a city. And if God's going to build a city, he first has to work in me. God can never change a city until he changes one. And that's this one right here. When you begin to get stirred, it will be contagious around you. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a son. And she was way past her age because she judged him, but faithful who had promised, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky and the multitude innumerable as the sand which is on the seashores. Man counted them done, but God said it's just begun. You may feel done, but it's just about to begin. You may feel at the end, but God says he'll do it again. God has a plan and a destiny for every single one of us. Amen. Amen. During World War II, there was a transport ship carrying 902 servicemen. And it was struck by a German submarine. You can go ahead and loop it. It was struck by a German submarine. And it was in the cold, frigid waters, and the ship began to sink. In the midst of all of this, there were four army chaplains that worked together. One was a rabbi, one was a, one was a Catholic priest, one was a reformed minister, and the other was Methodist. And they were on the deck of this ship as it was sinking. And everybody was freaking out. These are young boys. And as they're handing out life vests, the young men are trying to jump into lifeboats, but the water was so cold. They didn't have much hope, and they ran out of life vests. And the four ministers stood on the deck as it's slanting into the ocean. And simultaneously, all at once, they all took their life vests off and they handed it to one 
two, three, four. The men that were in the water, some reported, recorded this and, and wrote it down so they wouldn't forget. But they said they'd never seen such a sign of unity in their life. And all four ministers stepped back, linked arms with their backs against the ship. You could hear them singing hymns, and quoting scripture and praying. As the ship sank, only 230 men survived. The four ministers did not. But they showed what an incredible amount of unity could be done when God's people worked together. Before boarding the Dorchester, the Dutch Reformed minister, Chaplain Poling asked his father to pray for him. And this is the prayer. Not for my safe return. That wouldn't be fair. Just pray that I should go do my duty. And never be a coward and have strength, courage, and understanding of men. This is what he said. Just pray that I shall be adequate. Let me tell you what, God is not asking you to be the next David, Moses, Gideon. He's asking you to look at Hebrews 11 and go, man, they didn't see it. We do because we know the effects of what they did. But today, go out and be you. Be who God has destined you to be. And if you say, Pastor, I'm so confused. I don't know what my destiny is. Pray God didn't cause you to be born. God didn't put you on this planet to live a life of confusion, a life of brokenness, a life of weariness. You're here. You're still here because God has a plan and a purpose for you. Learn from those that have gone on. Learn from those that have fought the fight of faith. Learn from those that have physically fought for our country. But know this, God has something inside of you. Don't, caught up, don't get caught up in the death the desecration of what has happened in your life, the fear, the anxiety, the, all the emotions. But always put God first, even if you don't see it. Because there may be a storm cloud out there on the horizon that all you see is the storm, but God sees his sun getting ready to shine in your life because you've pushed. You've pushed. You've become God says you are. You are his creation. You are his people. You're his sons and daughters and it doesn't get any better than that. When the world is against you, God put the world into order and God will put your life into order if you will just simply have faith to believe. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. Faith. It comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. I admit that I'm a pastor, but I don't quote nearly enough scriptures around my house. I want my kids to know that God is always there. 
But you can't get caught up in what you didn't do yesterday. You have to live today. You have to live today because this is the day the Lord made. Old things are passed away and all things become new. This is the greatness about God. Tomorrow can be new and fresh. God just loves you. I think somebody just needs to hear that this morning. You feel like the world is just against you, but God, everybody just close your eyes. Let's just, let's just prophesy for a minute. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have absolute eternal life. Eternal life is not just for over there, but it's life today. The word says that he wants you to live in abundance. Abundance of love, abundance of joy, not just abundance of stuff. God can put marriages so back together. God can literally, you feel like it's on the rocks. God can put love like it, wow. Through all the years, man, 26 years of marriage, I got to tell you, there are days that I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, Helen, you're awesome. You're everything. God can do that. And God knows we've been through storms. But God is so incredibly faithful. Faithful God. Lord, I thank you today. If there's one that you need a relationship with Jesus, man, maybe you drifted a little bit. And you just, God, recommit my life. I want to commit it before I get committed. I'm going crazy without you. God wants a personal relationship. If that's you today, I want you just to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need today to be a change. God bless you. I need today to be a change. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm going to raise my hand on this one because this is my act of faith. I want you to be honest and say, I don't see it. But I believe that God has my life, my direction in his hands. I just want you to lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. That's me. I don't see it right this minute. And I'm not doubting it's faith. You're not supposed to see it. But you're supposed to know that there's something inside of you. There's something that God is calling you up to. I want everyone in this room, if you would right now, just simply lift your hands as a sign of surrender. The altars are going to be open. If you need prayer for anything, I'll pray for you. But I just want us to lift our hands. And I just want to say, Jesus, come into my life. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. Jesus, I need you today. I need you today. Be that strength. Be that joy. Be that encouragement. God, I love you so much. I love you. Those online, I just want you to say, Jesus, I love you. Give your kids by you. Just grab them, hug them. And your spouse, just say, I love you. I want Jesus to be here. I want Jesus. Because Jesus will always be there to break every chain and every bondage. We love you today. Thank you for joining us and a very special thank you to all of you that faithfully give. 
it's because of you it makes this ministry possible if you enjoyed this sermon today you can click on the bottom of the screen or go to gochurch.tv you can also go to gochurch.tv to give or text 84321 we want to encourage you to take a screenshot subscribe and share if you enjoyed this podcast have a great week